Tuesday, September 3rd, and this is Season 8, Episode 2 of the Four Star Spurs Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony. With me this week is Tommy. What's up? And returning to the podcast uh, from the Tottenham Depot is Shubes. Welcome Hi back, Shubes. Nice to see you. Nice to see you as always. Well, I apologize that we haven't had an episode in uh, several weeks now. Um, I think we were we were planning on recording after the uh, League Cup uh, loss, and I think no everybody was kind of too despondent to record one that that evening. So then we decided to wait until after um, after the window closed, um, and then uh, uh, my wife got COVID, so I couldn't come out to the pub and record after this uh, after our last match. So here here we are. We're now it's Sunday, and we're we're recording our first episode in probably about a month. Uh, but it gives us a lot of good stuff to talk about, and we are going to try and have a few more episodes over this ne- upcoming month. We are sticking to more of a loose format of what, how often we we record, but we'll we'll have a. Um, uh, Sai should be hosting one uh, mid-September and mid-October, and uh, you'll probably hear from me once more uh, beginning of October, so uh, so you'll hear from us. Um, but I want to start the conversation, uh, and we have a lot to catch up on, uh, but I want to talk about the transfer window closing. So um, obviously, we, as our first episode of the season, we talked about Harry Kane ended up leaving right at the um, – as the uh, uh, the season was about to start, um, we got this pot of money. Uh, we had already made uh, some significant acquisitions, and we were looking for um, some additional acquisitions to kind of get us across the line, create the squad depth that we need. Um, and and at that point, we were pretty unsure of how things were going to go. I know we all talked about how we thought the first three games we're going to go. And I don't think any of us picked more than five points in those uh, first three, three matches. Obviously we will, we did it better than that. And we're going to talk about the, that a bit later, but as the window closed, um, I think we were all hoping to have at least another defender, maybe another midfielder, maybe a, a forward player uh, to add uh, to the squad depth. And we didn't quite get there, but uh, let's kind of go over uh, how this, uh, uh, window ended so so uh we did bring in uh uh brennan johnston uh, johnson on the last day um uh acquisition from forest um he seems like the type of guy that will fit a pasta coglu system um so he was the he was the last remaining one i think a lot of us were hoping for defenders and outgoing um i'm just going to briefly go over and then i'm going to let you guys talk for a while um just the ins for the this season so the ins uh, so johnson madison uh poro was finalized van de ven uh Decky was finalized vicario bully ashley phillips solomon and then udogi's uh own loan ended um so those were kind of the in incoming new players to the squad outgoing of course harry kane harry winks uh, we loaned uh, Jed Spence. Bora, uh, we just let walk. Um, Regulon uh, went on loan to uh, United. Joe Roden's on loan, and Tanganga's on loan. So that kind of gives you a sense. Um, I think we were hoping for some sales, um, and a lot of these were loans. But uh, how were you guys feeling about how this window wrapped up? Uh, Tommy? 
Yeah, I realistically, this is probably a good transfer window, but for a team to compete, if we're going to compete, like we were, you know, we had the three transfer windows where we did not buy anybody and we're still playing catch up. We're still paying the price. Uh, we don't have a lot of depth still. Ideally, if we can got if we got another striker and another center back during this window, I would have taken it, or I would have been a little bit more happy. Um, in fact, we got Brendan Johnson. I'm like, yeah, how you said, Anthony. He fits the system. Uh, Basakago was like, he actually identified him as a person that he wants in the system. So that's always a good sign. But um, right now, my biggest issue, like, I mean, we'll talk about the matches later, but for Charleston, he, was, he hasn't been doing well. Yesterday's son came in, and he did well, but he's not a true striker. With the center backs, you know, we look good with Van de Ven and Romero, but if one of them are with the pairing of Sanchez and Van de Ven last Tuesday, it didn't look great. There were, there were some okay times, but overall could have been a lot better. But if Romero's out indefinitely and or injured, like we're screwed because I don't have faith in Sanchez. I don't, Dyer is probably going to be on his way out. Um, so, you know, Tenganga, he's transferred, but he hasn't looked exemplary yet. Debatable if he ever will be. So it's, for as a long suffering Spurs fan, my, ex- my expectations were, or, we're like, okay, this is okay. But looking on the outside, being a longtime Spurs fan, I'm I'm just like, you got to actually pull the trigger a little bit more. But, oh, well. Shibs, where are you at on the outgoings and incoming? Do you think this was uh, well-balanced? Uh, were you disappointed on the uh, last day of the window? Not really. I mean, like, I always say, don't let perfect be the enemy of good. We've had a good window. Um, and if you look at our team... Like I said, from game four of last year to game four of this year, we've got like seven, eight new players starting. So clearly it's been a wholesale change, a whole new playing style. So I'm definitely, um, yeah, I think obviously we would have liked to, I mean, I'd like to put an extra midfielder in, an extra centre back in there. But, you know, we saw Ashley Phillips was on the subs bench. So that's, I think, it's a credit to him because he's only played, I think, 10 uh, championship games last year for Blackburn. And... Yes, obviously Sanchez and Van de Ven didn't do brilliantly, but I think they weren't helped by the fact that it was Foster behind them, Foster behind them, and he hasn't got that ability to link the play the way, say, Vicario does. So definitely, I think we, in terms of the pieces of our puzzle, um, obviously there's a few pieces missing here and there, but I'm very happy. And obviously, I know what Tommy's saying as, oh, do you know what, Sonny's more of a winger. Well, Henri came here as a winger. And he went to be one of our greatest ever strikes the Premier League's ever seen. So why not, son? Even at the age of 31, why can't he reinvent himself and be that incredible striker through the middle? Because we have changed the way we play. We're playing a lot more crosses and lookers in the box. I don't know whether you can access um, the iPlayer from America. And, and obviously, I wouldn't have never shared that illegally with you guys over, at all. But um, we are that playing would a never lot of I would we'll, never do that. We do everything legally here. In the <laughs> Especially me. You know, Chicago, 
you know, Al Capone, all that kind of illegal stuff. Nah, it's gone. But um, we are paying a lot more low cross in the blocks. Sonny's uh, running into space and he's doing it really wonderfully well. The timing is perfect, Rob. And I think you saw the confidence because I didn't even realize it was a chip until I saw it a match of the day. I didn't realize he'd actually chipped the keeper. So he's playing with real confidence. It wasn't a case of like, there's anxiety there and he's timing it really well. And like I said, I, you know, you've got Mana Solomon who, look, Burnley, our new promoted side, this is not the, this is not your dad's Burnley of like Sean Dyche, although I don't know, uh, Ange could probably do a good Sean Dyche voice, his gravelly voice, but this is much more open Burnley. Um, it's not Burnley in the winter, in a dark evening. And they were playing like incredibly open. I mean, more open than I'm hoping. We were very lucky that they were that naive. Hopefully, other teams will also be that naive and play that kind of high line. Instead of Brent Johnson, I mean, again, I remember seeing a stat, but I don't know if you guys, I don't know, I don't play FIFA or anything like that. I don't know if Tommy does, but apparently he's got like a speed, like one of the highest speeds on FIFA or something. It's like some ridiculous, like Gareth Bale level speed. So we have transformed into a much more quicker team. And I do want, from what I understand, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but the Saudi Arabian window is still open, so is the Turkish window as well. So there are players that can move. I think the fact that Jordan Henderson, somehow from being still in Saudi Arabia, still picked for the England squad, that probably gives hope to Maguire and Eric Dyer. So, you know, we'll see. You know what I'm saying? I've, so I still think, I mean, the only thing would be Hugo. But again, um, this is a, more of a pro wrestling term. I think Tommy will get it. I think if, if you remember 22 years ago with the invasion uh, from WCW, it was terrible because none of the top names came over because they had no reason to leave. They were on massive contracts. So unless you massively incentivize Hugo and Eric Dyer and Hoybier and to say, look, change the status quo, just, you know, leave. There's no, they're not going to leave. There's no, there's no incentive for them to leave. You know, especially to go not, I don't want to disrespect the Turkish league or the, you know, the, Saudi Arabian League, but that's to step down from the Premier League. And if you're going from, say, Tottenham to Fulham, and again, no respect to Fulham, they're a very unfortunate, unlucky side yesterday, but it's a bit of a step down for you in terms of your ambitions, what you want to do. No, I yeah, don't. I, just... uh, oh, uh, uh, let me just jump in real fast and I'll let you go, Tommy. I was just going to say that, like, some of that is a product of what we've done over the last few years. Like, we. We've held on to players too long. We're not selling them when they're at their peak, which is why I really wanted to see Hoy Bier go this window because I don't think he's useful to the system and he has value right now. Um, it's the right time to sell. But now that these guys like Dyer, we didn't sell when they when it was the right time to sell. And now they're coming to the last year of their contract and it benefits them the most to wait it out. And then they're going to sign a, a bigger uh, wage when they sign with a, a club next year and they can go wherever they want. They don't have to take what, whatever we can find them. And yeah, some of these leagues that we're offering them to, they don't want to move there. So, so yeah, they, they're happy to wait out the contract and then, then, then be gone. It sucks for them not to get playing time, but go ahead, Tommy. Yeah. Well, you kind of took the words right out of my mouth in terms of money. Like for example, in Dobble, he's getting 200,000 a week. Why would you move? I mean, that kind of does show his ambition. Uh, a lot of people have been, like, for Hugo and Dyer, like, oh, Hugo, definitely, he's at the end of his career. I know with rumors with Lazio, uh, he apparently rejected a move to Nice. 
and he uh, or the rumors are he wasn't guaranteed a starting spot. But he's like what 36, 37 years old. So you might ha- and you retired from the French team, so it's like what's the point? Uh, Eric Dyer, he's third, what thirty years old. Um, but like with him, like he could push for a Euro spot next year. Uh, she was what you said about Jordan Henderson. I think it's a different story because I have, I feel like the England team plays favorites and they don't recycle or they keep recycling the same old shit. They don't bring in new players or if they do, it's like some stupid reason like Theo Walcott, but I digress, uh, with but like Ndombele, we all always said like, we all know he's very talented. He's just not motivated. So he's happy to sit on that money. Because, like, realistically, if he went to a top-five league and kills it, he could push for a Euro spot next year. And this, you know, and this would be the year to do it. Uh, And, like, but from a financial standpoint, I do understand why these players would do it. Because, like, if Hugo Lloris Lloris leaves, he's going to get a reduced wage. So, and the player's shelf life, mid or early mid-30s, is pretty good. So I'm like, add that bank account. So fair enough. But it's just, I, I, ideally, I wish we canceled the contract and bought out Dyer and Hugo and Dobley. We can just let him rot. Cause it's like, what's the point? Cause he, he doesn't want to move anywhere. So it's just like, but I'm like, depending on the situation, I remember reading Sanchez might go to Galatasaray. And their window closes on the 15th. If he does get sold and he moves, we're going to have to register Dyer. There's no choice because of our cover. Um, you said before with Ashley Phillips, the fact that he's on the bench, or he was on the bench yesterday, like that sounds good. But depending on how things go, we might have to play him out of obligation. I'd rather not force that issue right now, but we'll see, I guess. Yeah, we really are. Um, we put ourselves into a pickle, and and I think I saw you talking about this in in our podcast chat yes uh, yesterday, Tommy, where like we're being screwed over by the Conti era, really um, not caring about the value of players. It kind of destroyed the value of uh, a lot of these guys just by making them them look not as good of a player as they are make their talent look less than it really is simply because uh, they were playing in a system that wasn't um, uh, suited to their skill set. And now, and now nobody wants them um, and we're burned. And it's the point where we're like, you almost have to sell a Harry Kane to, to just so we can actually get some uh, money I- incoming um, to use to, for, for this rebuild. Um, which is unfortunate, but um, uh, Shoops, where um, where do you fall on the out uh, the outgoing? Like, I, uh, do you think too many loans here again? Well, you can't really force a player to move unless I don't know. I, I know that there's you know you guys in Chicago, so there is a Chicago way or something, but I just don't think you can force a player to move if he wants. To, you, what are you can do, you can say because I don't personally like. Are oh, you going to train with the kids? The last person I want Ndombele playing with is anyone. I don't want him to, because his work ethic, his lack of professionalism, everything else, I don't want that. I just think 
if you guys remember what happened, what I think was it um, with, oh, was it, uh, was it Aubameyang or something? If you looked at the Arsenal documentary, they just made him train by himself. And they they did everything to set that up so he can still stay fit and move on and go somewhere else. But they literally just exclude him so that you are on your own. I would not be adverse. I don't know how the rules work. But in the Premier League 2, well, I don't think it works as well. But if you have to put Hugo and Eric Dyer there for a year, that wouldn't be a terrible thing to have these players mentor some of the younger kids as they're coming through. These are the people that you look up to, have a lot of you know, admiration for. So I, I wouldn't think that's the worst thing. And I think you have to make the best of a bad situation. Because I think what I like about Ange Postacoglu is he said, look, this is what I'm doing. And I'm not going to shoehorn players in. If you can't play, you're only as fast as your slowest link. So clearly, Dyer hasn't got the speed to do it. Hugo hasn't got the ability to play that pressure in football. We play Forster when we have to, and hopefully, like I said, hopefully we'll move. You know, we'll, we'll try and get an upgrade on him or something in, in January. But um, I'm hoping to. Um, what's the word? Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, you know, I think we'll move some players on because I think, like I said, you've still got the Turkish League and Kassar Avonlea. And I think it will get to, let's say, let's say Eric Dyer hasn't played all between now and, I don't know, January. He will be itching because this is Euro 24. This is probably his last major tournament. He knows he has to move. Otherwise, he's not going to get any, you know, this is, this is it. So I think that helps us. And Dombele, I don't think he really cares about that. And I think Hugo, well, I think we know that he hasn't got anything left anyway. I mean, apparently when asking for a fee for him, he just does not want to move. He's been living in this country for what, 12 years now, 12 years. So why would he move right now? He's settled, you know, and therefore he, he needs to go what's best for him. So I don't blame that. And I think, you know, you can people will say, well, we should have moved players on at their peak. If we had sold Eric Dyer in 2018 when, Jason Mourinho was stepping around with him, then they'll say, oh, you've got no ambition. You Spurs are a selling club, they sell the best players. And if we don't, if we keep him, they goes on for ages. It's like, well, you can't, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. I think Eric Dyer, I think last year showed he had value. I don't think he's had it, but that was in a Conte style that worked. About three obviously suits him a lot better. And a back four, I don't think it works for him. And I think he's going to be asked to move on. But, yeah, like I said, it's sad, but that's with anyone. I think, yeah, you when you ever try and move any players on, there's always been some person. I, I don't know, Tommy, do you remember, what was it? Is it Winston Bogard at Chelsea? They couldn't get her in yep. for three years. They were literally, it was there for like, God knows how long. And he said, like, well, I'm not going to get more any, more money anywhere else. I have a contract. And if we tell these players, oh, they're, um, oh, they want to move on. They don't sign a new contract. They're dislocated. Because if they're performing well, obviously we don't want to want to lose them. But then we can't tell, we can't have a go at them for being loyal to their contracts, which they signed in good faith. Because now we just think, oh no, you know, you're not, you're not fit, for, fit for purpose for what we're going to do. It's kind, of, yeah. So do you know what I'm saying? That's just the way it works. I mean, it's not just us. I'm like Mbappe, he's got like PSG over a barrel. You know, he's he's like saying, well, I'm not, I'm not signing new contracts. And they couldn't sell him at all. But I think was it 300 million or something to Saudi Arabia? Some some stupid amount. I don't know how much it was, but it was some. He was like, no. So. If Mbappe can't be shifted for 200 million, and that's for like about a year or something, of you know, imagine what it's like for these other players. Yeah, I mean, perhaps the last person that we sold at the right time 
was Kyle Walker, and he forced his way out the door to a certain extent. But that was the probably the right time to sell him. We got the we got great value for him, um, especially in the value in terms of uh, what the year he was sold and what defenders were going for at that point. Um, but yeah, it's we're kind of like uh, yeah over a barrel here. Uh, we're going to be stuck on these players. We get we get to the point where loans the only option, um, but at least we're bringing in players that are going to be playing in the system. And I do think Van de Ven Madison has been a fantastic acquisition. Um, Vicario looks like he can do the job. I it really feels like we we're we're finally bringing in the right players for our coach, um, and uh, that's exciting to me. Um, it, it, so let's talk a little bit about um, how the season's gone so far. So uh, our last episode was right before the season started. Um, we're going to start by just talking about the Premier League uh, matches. So we're going to circle back to the League Cup and have a little conversation about that in a minute. But um, I think uh, all three of us were on the, the first episode. Um, and I know I picked, I think that we'd have four points cause I expected Pastacoglu to have a bit of a slow start. Um, I think, uh, Shubes, you said five points, right? And do you, Tommy, do you remember what you predicted, uh, for the first three games? Yeah, I actually predicted seven and I can't believe I'm right with that, but I actually thought we were going to beat Brentford loose or draw United, but I got the, the exact inverse of that. So yeah. So I was, but I would say like with, with that, I'm just like I'll take it. It's still yeah. early goings, but I'm like, let's get let's rack up the points right now. So yeah, and I mean, so we had the the two two draw against Brentford, and we've had a lot of away fixtures, which is nice to um, uh, to 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 see us performing under those circumstances. We've done poorly in in away fixtures in recent years. Um, I think the 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 2-0 win um at home to uh united was a uh, was a, a good one too like the, even a, ho- a home win against united that's a team that i feel like we're used to struggling against um now bournemouth burnley these are probably teams that we should be beating so like the the convincing 2-0 uh, against bournemouth and then this weekend the exciting 5-2 um how are you guys feeling about Pastacoglu in general, given these uh, first uh, few matches as he kind of beds into the style? Go ahead, Jubes. I could not because I'm much glad I was wrong. I mean, like like I said, look, if he had come from like Holland or Germany, I'd be like, OK, and he's done, he's done well there. But obviously people know, I mean, I have no respect for what, ha- what happens up in Scotland. It's a very much just like a one or two team league up there. But he has really been refreshing i think i think at the time just remind me they hadn't fit the captain i think we were talking about who should be captain but i don't think they decided who who was captain at the time if that memory serves uh no no, they had just announced uh when we had our first episode um because uh because we actually called the episode uh here comes the sun uh was the the title of it so uh i i think he had just been announced as uh um captain because what I'm because the thing is he's like do you know like people say like was it Gavin, Gavin Love said like he uh, Pacino he burnt down he burnt down the house and he rebuilt the foundations I think 
foundations. I don't know if he's burned down the house or anything, but he's definitely put a lot of fresh air in here. He's cleared a lot of stale things out. Um, obviously, with the new leadership group. And I've got to say, because I would have, because I know Lucas is our like, um, Lucas is your sorry, um, your bet pick guy kind of thing. But has I don't think Romero's got a single yellow card yet. I'm probably going to jinx it now. I'll probably get a ton of yellow cards when he gets back. But I remember I even did a bet with him. But this is years ago. I said like, is, is Lucas gonna, is is um is Romero going to get like a booking in the first half, the second half? And Lucas like definitely first half. And I don't think he's had a single booking. I mean, I know he was injured in the Brentford game, but I think being made vice captain has I don't know not forced him to grow up. I wouldn't say because he's yeah you know, he's you know, he's, you know, he's a father. He's got five two kids something. But I think he's not a lot more responsible. I think he's 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 a, he's a, he's a He's accepted he's a lot more responsible. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, when I was at the bar yesterday, I was talking to British John, and I'm like, there was a tackle that he made, and he could have swiped, like, past few seasons, he could have just swooped in and just had a big windup and then just had a huge tackle. But he was actually more controlled. And I'm telling John, I'm like, I've noticed in the past, what, four matches, Romero has looked a lot more disciplined. So I think we're all believing that, but I'm like, how you're saying with the yellow card, I'm like, or yellow cards, I don't think he's had any either, but. I, I'm actually checking while you're talking, and uh, no, oh. he has not had a yellow uh, okay. this uh, this season yet. So that's always a good sign, because uh, one of my favorite defenders of all time, also considered one of the best defenders of all time, Paulo Maldini from AC Milan, he said, if I have to go to the ground, I've already made a mistake. I know the game has changed over time, so fair enough. But I'm like, he looks a lot better. His positioning's been great. Van Ven, you know, that pairing has looked very solid thus far. With that, I mean, like, Van Ven, like, he's made some mistakes here or there. Like, he, what, he has two own goals. But, over, like, for a new signing, Young from Wolfsburg, I think he's acclimated himself very well. But it's... I was kind of weird. Like, I think we all knew that Romero had the talent, but could he keep it together for a long stretch of time? Don't get me wrong. These four matches, it's a very small sample size. I like what I'm seeing, of course, and hopefully he rolls with it. But maybe it's because of Spurs. Uh, and, and kind of circle back to your question, Anthony, with Ange. It's like, yeah, we're, we got 10 points right now. Second in the table, uh, what Arsenal and Man U are playing right now, so we'll see the outcome of that match. But I'm, I don't know how high or how long we can sustain this. Maybe it's because I've been a fan for 20, 21 years. So I eventually, yeah, we could play a max of 40 games this year, which will be great for us. I, isn't of, it less than that now because of uh, the no, it will be no, because. 39 would be the League Cup, FA Cup, if we lose in the first round, that would be 40. Oh, okay. And, you know, less games are better because we need training. This team got it, has to gel, but, we again, we have no depth. So, over the time, over the uh, time of long term of the season, you know, bodies are going to break down. So, like, pe some people won't start. Some people get injured. So, eventually... I think we might hit a little bit of a rut or teams might figure us out. But I'm enjoying I, – I, for a 
as a Spurs fan, though, like we usually don't go do well into the international break. Murdered Burnley yesterday, so at least that we have that. And then we play Sheffield United next. So I'm not saying it's going to be an eat or a piece of cake, but it's not a bad way to start up again. Um, well, I also uh, wanted to jump in there, Tommy, because I think there's also the opportunity that Pasta Coglu could make some adjustments as well. He seems like a flexible enough coach that, yeah, maybe if uh, things start to go a little bit south, there's an injury. Maybe he does make some, ha- have the ability to make some adjustments. That remains to be seen. Um, we, we could see what he could potentially accomplish. Uh, uh, for example, like um, Richardson has been playing hard. Like, I don't think he's been playing poorly, but he hasn't been scoring goals, and he already made the adjustment of uh, starting Sun in this uh, this most recent match. And that might have more to do with Vincent Company's uh, uh, approach than it, it did uh, um, anything about Richarlson as, as a player. Um, but that that shows that Pasacoglu has the ability to make these adjustments, and, and look what he got out of Sun in this uh, this game. Like that was ready made for Sun up top, and in some ways, we all know how much better Sun is uh, facing goal than he is uh, facing goal running onto the ball than he is uh, um, with his back to goal trying to uh, hold up the ball and turn. Um, so, um, possibly he might be better in that position. And I'm not saying we don't need Richarlison. Um, maybe Richarlson, uh, Richarlson can play on that wing, and I know his top position is that um, that striker position. But um, maybe he's more useful, like uh, playing out on the wing, holding the ball up, uh, drawing some fouls, um, and trying to feed the ball back to Madison, who's uh, doing the the hard work. I don't know. Uh, what do you guys think, uh, Tubes? You looked like you were uh, in agreement with me there, or or you're excited about uh, Arsenal. Uh, uh, going knock, behind knock, uh, knock. United not, here. Well, I'm not getting a penalty. I was like, yes, I'm celebrating. Sorry. Oh, okay. I'm to be oh, okay. Yeah. They missed the penalty. Okay. No, gotcha. they, they, they didn't get one. VAR ruled it out. So, yeah, it was like, I was like prone. But, yeah, um, no, I just think, you know, I think you've got players who can actually just position. I think, you know, we, we always say, like, oh, get your checkbook chairman. Get, why are we not asking our coaches to coach? You know? Say, look, make the adjustment. Believe in these players. I think Richarlison could be someone that, you know, I think Mana Solomon has come along, had a regular cameo. And right now, it's his position to lose. You know, um, Brennan Johnson, I mentioned what, what Tommy thinks, because I know he's a bit of a Swedish fan, what he feels, you know, about Decky's place. Because I thought Decky was pretty decent yesterday. But again, he he's not. you're not really seeing the best Decky yet. I don't know why, compared to the the decade we saw when we first came. So, like I said, I think we have competition for places, but I think Richarlison can play anywhere on, on that front three. So I think, you know, we have got depth there. So that's the one place we actually have some depth is in our attacking lineup. It's, for me, it's just the midfield and centre-half. So I'm pretty, I'm all right for the moment. I just think, you know, I, obviously I think Solomon, obviously he's going away with his international club. I think, so I staying with Johnson as well. So that's the only thing I'm annoyed about the international break. We're not going to have that time to coach. And then we have like a full on set of fixtures. But no, it's, like I said, I think in Paris, it's difficult still... fixtures coming up too. We'll talk about in the second half, yeah. but the, we, the difficult fixtures are coming up as well. 
yeah. without the training coming right back from internationals. Um, uh, t Tommy, where do you fall, fall on that? Sorry, we were kind of all over the place. What was the topic again? Uh, we, we were kind of uh, t talking about the... Um, I, I kind of challenged uh, whether adjustments could be made and... Um, oh, and yeah. Shubes was talking about the forward line being um, uh, having depth there and flexibility. Well, we definitely do have depth there. That's probably the only place we do have depth is our uh, three attacking mids. Uh, I, I said it in the first episode, but my thoughts on it is we're going to essentially, or at times, we're going to essentially dare the other team to score more goals than us. So there, or they're going to be, there's going to be games where it's going to be four three, where we win or lose. I think, um, and I say that because we only have two center backs where we can rely on. Uh, once Ben Court comes back, that's a good problem to have, of course. But and we're talking to Stewart at the bar because he's a uh, a Celtic fan. He said one of the biggest things is he's not willing or he's willing to make changes when necessary, kind of like with uh, Richarlison. Um, it's not a move that was completely out there, of course. I think we all knew that it was inevitable at times. Um, how you guys said he is not or he is a hard worker. The effort's in. It's just the end product, unfortunately. So, and like the other thing, though, is. Stewart said is uh, Pasta or Ange would bring in a lot of youth and he works with what he has. So I think that how we mentioned with Ashley Phillips being on the bench yesterday, that does say a lot. Uh, and I think, a and also like pretty much everybody has a clean slate more or less. So if you have a chance to prove yourself, you can, uh, I forget who the winger was. Oh, no, LaCelso, for example. They're like, oh, we think he's hot. We think highly of him. Like, he just hasn't been given a chance. At the, or that's what Pasacalu said, like, last week or so. And I think right now, like, I think we have our starting 11 down, but I think we need to tinker a little bit. Um, and But that's what uh, Ange has been doing. I think almost every game he's used at least three subs. Same can't be said about Conte, Pochettino. Jose Mourinho did, but at least, but that's because you have to work with Daniel Levy and you have no depth. How are you going to create potential depth? You got to work with what you have, play some subs and see what they have to offer. And as an example for yesterday, we were up 5-1 at the time. Yeah, we let in a late goal, but we had a four goal cushion. So I'm not going to be too mad about that, but it's like, let some random player play. Let's see what they have to offer. Because we got because we got some we got Liverpool and Arsenal uh, in September and October. So and this starting eleven can't last. It's it's not going to go flag to flag. So that's well, what, what how it goes. Well, and I think he does have the willingness to to make those changes. I mean, already just coming in like the the players that would have been our first selections last season. Um, the players that uh, Conte couldn't even get a note out of, he's getting a full song out of, like uh, like Papamata Sar. Like, look at that guy. I mean, he looks like he's the real deal all of a sudden. Like, uh, he was the guy we're kind of like unsure of if he'll ever amount to anything. You kind of like a little bit what you see, but um, 
doesn't seem like he, there's that much there. Now he looks like he, he he's a legitimate, creative, um, defensive midfield player that can that can feed the ball through to to people. I mean, I'm really impressed with him. Um, and then Basuma, who we all knew was a good talent, but um, looked awful under Conte last year. Now, now we've got these guys that are in there, and he seems to have the willingness to play the guy. He's like the Lasalsos of the world. I think, um, and we'll, we're going to talk in a minute about the um, the exit in the the League Cup, but I think the problem there was uh, changing up too much, um, too many players. Where, like, I think if you rotate uh, a Lacelso in in a match for. Like and you're not making any of the other significant changes in that midfield. I think he'll do fine. Like I think it, it just didn't work with all the changes that were made uh, in that one game. So um, I do think we have a little bit more depth than we think in the midfield. And now that we're stuck with Hoybier for another year, like I mean, it's not a bad guy to be stuck with. In all reality, he is a guy that we can put in for uh, 15 minutes to see out a game when we're up goals. Like I mean, he he'll be good at the shit housing and the uh, the uh, fending fending uh, attackers off. Like um, when we bet in a little bit more towards the end, and we're stu- we're backing off the attack a little bit. Um, I I do think we have depth, and yeah, and as you as you said, I think Tommy Bentoncourt coming back in November. We don't know how his fitness is going to be, but that we know how good of a player he is. Um, I do feel like it's really the defense that's the big concern with the de- depth because uh, we really don't have that many options. Um, I, I also think Udogi has been great. Um, I don't think we really have a a great backup option for him. Ben Davis, to, uh, I don't think he necessarily fits the system, but he can always do a job. Um, but uh, but I think on the other side, we've got enough depth. So, uh, um, yeah, I really think it's the center backs that, to me, are the the, the, the biggest area of concern uh, when we talk about what we've seen so far. Um, any other thoughts on these first four games? Um, so, yeah, here's the thing. He's, he's only had one window in about, what, two months. I, do you remember like Bruce Almighty, Jeremy Carey guys, imagine what I can do for seven days or <laughs> something like that. He does all these other changes. So I just think you have to give this, you know, the guy time to bet in, to make mistakes, to learn from his mistakes. And do you know what? Yes, I'm annoyed about the we'll talk about the League Cup, but, you know, I think people are running lots of nine changes. Oop, uh, you, you, you're breaking up a little bit. Shoes. I think you know. He look. I need to see. Essentially, he said, "I need to see what this guy can do." Um, it should breaking up for you, Tommy. Too. These guys. Okay, I'll, I'll come out. I'll come in again. Okay. Uh, well, it, uh, let me jump in there because I do want to chip the conversation to the League Cup. Um, so um, I wasn't able to watch this game. I had a work meeting that was unavoidable. I had to be in person. So I, I only caught like the last 15 minutes of this match. But uh, I had seen the lineup in the League Cup match. And 
it, it as heavily rotated as it was, it was really infuriating. Um, how were you guys feeling when that League Cup uh, uh, rotation come up uh, uh, came out, knowing that this was one of our few chances for trophies this year? Uh, this could be a silverware and, and Pasacoglu making a statement. Uh, Tommy? Yeah, I think that the turnover in the squad, yeah, that was a little bit excessive because uh, Andrew was like, yeah, I want to compete for everything. The, but that might have been thinly veiled as, yeah, I want to win, but I, but, you know, he does have a lean squad in my opinion, at least. So I think he wanted to see what he can have. Like on paper, the squad looked good where we could be able to handle Fulham. <clears throat> and the deal with Fulham is they were able to, uh, they were on us for like in the first half. And then like I was saying at the bar to a bunch of people, they're going to tail off. I don't think they can sustain this. And then like second half, we look good with Charleston at the goal. So great. But overall though, I'm not mad. Uh, I kind of no- noted it before. <clears throat> Do I want Spurs to win? Of course. But I have to think about the big picture. Getting a League Cup and we finish seventh, that gets us nowhere. This is a rebuild job. This is a year of transition. I would say right now our goal is fourth place or a Champions League at least because we can bring in the players and track them. But also, if we can get an FA Cup win, you know, that'd be great as well. But I'd still prioritize fourth place. Just because that's how we're going to be able to bring in new players and because we don't have the spending power. Or we do, we just choose not to use it. So, and how I said before, if we only play 40 games this year and we get the fourth place, I consider that a successful season. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I don't know. I was just so disappointed about this. And anytime it goes to penalties, now the League Cup is, uh, uh, you don't you, you don't play the at a time at all during it and it just goes right to kicks right away um anytime that's the case like uh, you just get into this one one situation you, you never know how it's going to play out and yeah Forrester didn't look good on penalties but um um he actually looked wrecked, wretched on penalties i should say but well, um, well anthony that's the thing though i can't personally i'm not going to blame Forrester. He saved us so many times in that act, in the actual game. For the penalties, well, Anthony, did you watch the penalty kicks? Uh, I yeah, I watched the last like 10, okay. 15 minutes of the match and oh, then, yeah, uh, then okay. uh, penalties. Yeah. So the they do that stupid run up. Like, what is Forrester gonna do? Like, yeah, he probably could have picked a side and then just went with it. But I'm like. Like there, there was not a lot of options there. It's a slow run up, and then like with the goal, the goal for that you have the if you're the one doing the penalty kick, you're expecting the goalkeeper to make the first move, and that's what Forster did. It's like so I I'm not gonna blame him on that. If that was Macario, I don't I find it debatable that he could have done any better. I don't so. think stutter steps should be allowed, to be honest. Oh, I think yeah, they... but that that's true. Oh, I definitely agree, but that's not the point. Yeah. It's it for me, it was a lose-lose situation with that. Um, and it's chance. But like, or the other one, Sanchez, like, yeah, he was responsible for the first goal. He had some shiny moments at in the in the defense, but 
my biggest issue is that is why was he allowed to take that penalty kick? Because apparently it was whoever volunteered. Fair enough. And he's like, you know what? I'll do the penalty kick. But I'm like, where are the other attacking players? Like, why weren't you stepping up? And then I brought this up with what Lucas and Peter on Tuesday or and some other people. I'm like, this shows a lack of leadership. And I don't mean Madison, Romero, and Son, but I'm like, mental strength for like the other players. I'm like, somebody else has to step up. You shouldn't leave it to a defender to score or to do a penalty kick. Well, just to play devil's advocate and, and be fair, like, um, bring it on. Sanchez is allegedly pretty good at, at penalties, and he actually took the first penalty for Colombia um, in the last, um, I don't know, I they weren't in the World Cup, if I remember right. It, it must have been Copa whatever America. Trip. It must have been the Copa before that, I think. Yeah, he was he was taking the first penalty for the Colombian team. So I, I, I don't think it's a horrible idea to have him in there, but it was a horrible penalty. Um, well, if that's but, the case and he does well in training, then fine, but... Yeah, I, I, th- I, I think there's more to it. Like, I don't think it's just that, like, oh, well, the weak, San- weak Sanchez is the only person stepping up to the plate. I, I right. think, like, he is legitimately good at penalties, and he just fucked that one up. If so, yeah. that's fine. But I, I hate penalties to begin with because, you know, we lost Harry Kane. You know, he was probably our most automatic guy, of course. Son, he usually fucks shit up and actually scored. So I'm like, like, Decky, I think, Dan was the most clinical. He was like Harry Kane there. He took a few steps, had the power and the placement. So I'm like, realistically, I wouldn't mind him being a de facto penalty taker. Yeah, I, I could see that. Go ahead, Chips. So as someone who's English, no one hates penalties more than I do, Okay. No, no nation has been suffered more from penalties than we have. But um, do you know what? I've seen Chris Waddle. I've seen Diego Maradona get his penalty saved. I've seen uh, Badger's Sky one famously. Remember that one in Rock Up 94 when it was in America? So, like I said, even the best players can take a crap penalty. It just happens. I personally, like I said, for me, as I, sorry if I broke up earlier, I just said, do you know what? Yes, I wasn't happy with the nine changes, but I think he needed to see what these guys could do against Premier League opposition. And he saw that, or he saw what they couldn't do. And he saw things he can work with. And you you got to believe that he's going to be with there with his analyst team saying, look, what do we do wrong? What can we fix? Obviously, we hadn't brought all the players in that he might have wanted to at the time, because obviously Brandon Johnson hadn't signed. with still the rumours going on. I sent to halves. He wasn't able to bring in midfielders again. So I said, I'm not going to be too annoyed about it. And do you know what? I know I'm, you can put me on this, but do you know what? I really think I I, I wouldn't put it past us to, to do a Leicester. Yeah, they. If you look at Leicester, what happened to them when they won, won the title that year? They went for all these changes, new manager, this and this had gone wrong, and essentially a lot of players blossomed overnight. And they somehow they were playing week to week, not really being involved in many competitions, and they somehow managed to get it over the line. We're very lucky. I mean, Chelsea again. They weren't in Europe that year, and they had a system, and he, they could play pretty much play the same 11, 11, 12, 13 players over and over again. Obviously, they've got a much deeper squad than they we had, obviously. But do you know what? I really think, I don't know, I'm I'm, honestly, I'm, I'm aiming higher for fourth. And obviously, I'm still keeping an eye on the Arsenal-Man U game. But look, if we can, Arsenal were, were, were basically 
kept pace with City for God knows how long until they kind of fell apart. And, you know, they're struggling to beat a Man United side. And, you know, you, you saw like Havertz do, I had to look at it again three times, the most blatant dive. And we haven't had to do that yet. So, no, I'm actually feeling confident. I mean, there will be missteps, there will be misadventures. And, uh, but what I like about what Andrew said is, look, he's going to make mistakes. I, he, he, he's loving the Robbie Williams song. Song like, I haven't earned it yet. All these players getting kudos, they haven't earned it yet because it's only four games. There's going to be a, there's going to, you know, it will hit. There will be an injury. There will be a lot of them. There will be a game where we play utterly, inexplicably badly, you know? And that's where we, that's where we'll really learn about what Spurs is. Because when you're winning, everyone's happy. You're seeing when you're winning. It's when we're losing. Because like, I heard like the Levy out chance as soon as, you know, um, Fulham scored, which I, I'm, you know, forget whatever Levy and Levy out. It's going to be a trying time. You know, it's, it's summer. It's still quite warm here. When we get into the winter months, we're going to see you know, players go down with hamstring pulls because they're not fully warmed up. This is when we'll see the true Angeball. So, like I said, I, I, I'm quietly coming. Like I said, am I annoyed that we're not going to get get players minutes in the, you know, in the League Cup? Yeah, I'm, that, that a bit annoys me. And I think someone like Valise could get it. But, you know, that hasn't happened. And I think one of the things we, I know we didn't, I know we didn't mention it, but... Dane Scarlett went out on loan to Ipswich and Ipswich are, you know, they are currently second now in the championship. And and like we had Alfie Devine, who I think took a penalty, a decisive penalty as well. And obviously that's what an 18 year old kid. So I think there are players there and, you know, you've got some like Jamie Donnelly, Judd Simpson, Bell. So I think that, yeah, he will look at that and say, "Look, who can I bring?" Because I don't know if he, I don't know if he knows, knows, but apparently he would literally just bring players in, uh, Conte, just to be like traffic cones. You know, like you know, he wouldn't even engage with them. And yeah. I think what Andrew's doing, he's actually utilizing the fact that you see the fact that Ashley Phillips is there. Now he didn't get obviously didn't get on, but you can imagine the signal that sends to every young kid thinking, "Well, you know what? If I do something amazing in training or amazing." In the Premier League two, the U23s, or whatever, I have a chance to get there. So why yeah. not? Yeah, and and, and uh, you didn't didn't mention that Dane Scarlett re-upped his contract too uh, w- with us, which is like uh, nice to see because uh, a, a young guy like uh, mostly been out on loan for us. Um, it's nice to see him willing to stick around with the club for a while longer. So um, and maybe. He, he sees some of that, what's going on, and says thinks that there still is an opportunity for him uh, with Spurs. Um, anything else on this League Cup exit other than just kind of d- disappointment? Um, but yeah, I I do understand Tube's point that uh, yeah, now we we really only have one match a week until the FA Cup starts. Um, and that gives us a lot of time to work on things. I, I don't know if we can pull off like a Leicester Magic with it, but um, but there are teams that do a lot better with uh, less games. Um, and yeah, Chelsea was the other good example. Um, Chelsea's not going to have that many games, more games e- either, uh, given the way they're playing. And, um, and who knows how long <laughs> Pochettino is going to last there. Um <laughs> I was uh, just saying the other day, uh, um, uh, Lucas kept saying when he wanted Pochettino gone here that he wanted uh, 
no pots in November uh, because uh, they were celebrating Pochettino and I think um, te- down in Texas somewhere. Um, yes. Um, Austin. Oh, yeah. Austin. Austin, yeah. Our Pochettoberfest. Tommy, yeah. you went, didn't you? Tommy, yeah. you went, didn't you? Yeah, so he wanted no pots November. I think I think uh, Chelsea might get no pots November if this continues with with how they're looking, losing the Forest this week. But, um, but I'm digressing. Um, I think this is probably a good place to go to half. The, uh, the, we're just going to have a couple more topics in the second half. Uh, we're going to talk ab- about uh, the upcoming international break and then um, just t- uh, take a look at the upcoming matches briefly that we have over the next uh, three weeks or so. Uh, we don't have a halftime segment, but we will take a break. So here we go to half. Well, welcome back. I want to start the second half conversation with a um, international break. Um now, I, I know we don't really like to talk about matches we're going to watch or any of that stuff. Our listeners don't really want to listen to us talk about in, international players so much, I don't think. Um, so what I really want to do is have a conversation uh, about um, injury potential for injuries on an international break coming up. Um, so we kind of can talk a little bit about the players that are going out but of the players that are doing international duty, um, who, what player do you guys think we would be the most sunk with if they got hurt during this international break? Um, what? There's some obvious ones, but go ahead, Tommy. You can jump into no. Well, I've, well, this is an obvious one now because I've alluded to it twice, or I said it twice in the uh, first half. But it's got to be Romero because I mean, like you know. If we lose him, we're fucked. I mean, Van Deven, Sanchez didn't look great. And if we have to register die or we're going to register die, it's like, man, that's going to be ugly as fuck. Um, like, but if Sar gets injured or Basuma, like one of those two, it's going to hurt. But we still have, Oiberg can deputize. I think he would, he, do, he does well right now in a sub role. And then Vencore is going to come back in like October, November. So like, if we can kind of weather the storm for that time, We'll be okay with that, but I'll, yeah. And how I talked before, front three midfielders, like we're fine there. So I don't think, like you know, Solomon's looked okay. Johnson, he, he looked good for Forrest before. So like, you know, plans he's been the system. Uh, wingbacks might be an issue. Royale looked okay in the first game, but poor looks the business right now. It's, it's his spot to lose. Did Royal get a call up? Oh, I have no idea. Um, I I doubt it. Yeah, so so yeah, that that wouldn't really apply. He's not going to get injured during the uh, international. Well, and also, oh, doggy, like if he gets injured, like he's looked great as well. But now Poro could get definitely. I I believe was called up, so Poro could could be be a a risk. But out of the ones that I know, I would say it's got to be. Romero, I'm like, just come back unscathed. Yeah, uh, do you have anybody different, uh, Shubes? I'm going to go Basuma. We honestly, he is as close. I mean, Jamal when Mendebali wasn't around and we'd lose, we'd like, we would have split as many matches, even though we had Kane, Ericsson, Deli, all that kind of stuff. As soon as Dembele wasn't there, it was just so noticeable. We just couldn't get going. 
And I think I think I spoke to this Anthony before, but I think one of the reasons our defence is so good is our midfield is just protection and everything. It's like you know, I said, it's like we have like a moat or a river or something outside our castle walls. So you know, as you said, the only way to do get get past it is to lob things over or something. So I think Basuma is because he just. I mean, obviously, Blaselsa could do it, maybe, uh, maybe, um, maybe Skip or Hoybier, because I think that's why we played him. But I think Basuma is the most, in terms of his skill set, he just seems irreplaceable. I mean, I'm not saying Madison can be replaced with by Blaselsa as easily, but they're both attacking and they're both staying like for a pass stuff like that. But Basuma, I don't know anyone that can, in within else in the Premier League that can do what he does, apart from maybe Rodri, in terms of just being able to take the ball from the defenders, turn and launch a pass or go forward, carry it. I don't, I thought maybe, I spoke to one guy about, say, maybe a doggy doing it because he seems to be so good at carrying the ball. But again, I don't, I just don't know. I mean, I, I don't know anyone else that does what Basuma is doing right now in terms of just his ball carries. Yeah, I mean, um, I think Van uh I'm assuming he's got a call up. Um but he um, he would be just as big of a loss uh, uh, as Romero. I I would say like either of our center backs uh, we would be sunk because what are we going to do if uh, Van de Ven's not available? It's uh, move Ben Davis into that role probably, um, uh, and that's uh, Udogi has to stay healthy uh, in that case um, uh, to be able to play every, uh, each week as well. So I mean he's he's certainly a risk, and I do think Madison is a bigger risk, just because he's been such a special player for us in these first four matches. I mean his ability to pass, the creativity that he creates that we haven't had anything like it since Erickson. Um, it, it harkens back to Erickson when we would play Erickson in every single match, for virtually the whole match, uh, especially during the Pochettino era. Uh, because there wasn't anybody else that could uh, could could do what he does, and yet Lacelso's a, a, a decent, creative, attacking player, but he doesn't provide us what Madison does. Like he provides us some rotation options, um, but I think Madison would hurt us just as bad. And he has a uh, he has been injury prone, so he he did get that call up to England. Um, so that one concerns me almost as much as the the center backs, even though we have a little bit more depth there. Um, as far as our attacking players called up, like uh, yeah, I think we could get by with an injury there because we do have some depth now. Um, uh, any other thoughts on international break in general? Um, I do not. I chose to say uh, I don't know about you because obviously you would never watch the league match of the day ever. But I have never looked, honestly, I'm just, I'm annoyed now international breaks come, come now. Because I've really enjoyed watching Spurs and looking forward to match of the day. I mean, one of my friends said to me, he, he watched it twice. Because the way it shows, it works is it's shown once at night and then in the morning. And he sat, he just sat and watched it both. And he could have even watched with the iPlayer. But he's like, I want to watch it as they show it. And it's just, I'm going to miss our Spurs. But all I, all, literally, it's kind of like, do you know how we used to hope that hurricane wouldn't go down and you'd be praying they'd, you wrap them up and they wrap in bubble wrap or something and like be screaming at Gareth Southgate for not taking them off earlier. Now, honestly, if Hurricane goes down, gets injured, don't care. It's yeah. one of those, it's just kind of like, because honestly, honestly, I'm hoping Southgate is Gareth Southgate because I don't think he'll play Madison. 
honestly, he'll play. You know, so I'm actually the only thing I'm really worried about is say Basuma and um, Saar because I think Basuma's I think I think for Mali I think they still got Afcon qualifying, so there's still quite a few games they've got going. And I think although he's not as important to say um, Senegal as say as say um, Mane is, he I think he is a he is a prominent feature of that team now, especially how well he's doing in the Premier League right now. So. That'd be the only players I'm players I'm worried about. Um, Romero, it's weird though because do you remember how Romero would always get injured before, and then somehow he, him and Lacelso would both be fit for the international break. Yeah. And now, so I can't find he'll be the other. I'm hoping it's not the other way around where they get injured on international duty. But no, uh, like I said, we'll see what happens. Really, I mean, we don't know what's going to happen. Injuries, injuries can happen in the most freakish things as well. So. It can happen in training, not not just in matches. It can happen in training as well. So we hope, you know, we you know, we hope, we you know, it's kind of like not like you break it, you buy it, but we hope the way we send them, they come back as 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 they come. Yeah, you know, Jamie, you, know I mean? you you said you know you get from the library you, and you bring it back in one piece. That's what I'm hoping for for the international coaches. Yeah. When you mentioned the African Cup of Nations, and um, that's going to be an issue when both Basuma and Sar go on, go into the actual tournament in the middle of the season. Um, yeah, and we might have uh, Bentoncourt back then, but um, but that that that's that could be a little prob- problematic too, given that we didn't bring in an, another midfield option uh, at the close of the window. I guess I guess Johnson is technically an attacking midfielder, but uh, but I think he's probably going to be more in the attacking line for us um but regardless um let's hope everybody comes back healthy um i'm not happy about the break either right now but maybe i'll try and get a lot of work done so when the season starts i can refocus um let's uh last conversation of the day um so we we do have some uh tough matches upcoming and i think i uh mentioned it briefly in the the first half but um uh like it's really going to be kind of an upcoming test for pasta coglu um so after we come back from international break we have sheffield at home um arsenal away and then liverpool at home now as far as uh sheffield uh we should be able to handle that the way uh pasta coglu has us playing uh, assuming we don't suffer too many injuries um, in, during the international break. But that Arsenal away, we never do well there. And then uh, Liverpool at home, home or away, we never do well, seem to do well against Liverpool regardless. Um, I don't know. Do you guys think that there's new rules now that we have Postacoglu and uh, we don't have to worry about these uh, uh, big games coming up as much? Um uh, how, how are you guys feeling on that? Go ahead, Jupes. Well, I don't think I don't think we should. I think we definitely shouldn't fear them. I think we respect them, but I don't think we should fear them. I mean, I think I was. Like I said I go into that Man United game and I was terrified. But I think I said to you during the break, I thought Bournemouth played better against us than Man United did. Yes, Man United had their chances, but I think we were still bedding in, um, you know, the Ang system. And look, our I still think we're vulnerable on our right-hand flank, the Poro side, and I think that's what people look to target. But it's made them very predictable. If you know that they're going to keep targeting that, it makes them predictable. That's our weak point. But we know we know that's our weak point. So you know we'll just make preparations in accordance with it. But I think 
No, I don't. I don't see why we couldn't, you know, you know, take on any of these guys. I mean, Sheffield United. I don't look past them. They had a quite a grueling match against Everton yesterday, but I, I think I I definitely don't look past Sheffield United right now. Obviously, Arsenal and Liverpool. That you know, those are t- tough matches. But I think the Champions League starts then, doesn't it? Champions League is starting then, so they'll have tough group matches. I don't know. I don't know. No, no. Sorry. Chelsea, also the Champions League. I don't know who's in their group, but and obviously um, I don't know who Liverpool. I think they got a pretty easy group. Uh, Like uh, Sevilla was their top seed. Um, Then yeah, Arsenal was second seed. Uh, There was um, oh geez, Um, oh um, geez, who who was it? PSV was in their group, and I I forget what the fourth one was. But um, but sorry, I didn't mean to jump in there. I'm just saying that they, they've got that Liverpool. I don't know where the hell they're traveling to. They've got like an away match in like cause I think they're in the Europa League, right? So they've got to go somewhere like oh I don't know, Russia, not Russia, but like Eastern Europe or something like Ukraine. You know what I mean? Somewhere pretty far. So I think look, we're playing week to week. He has the time to really bed in. And I think say what you want about um, Conte last year. But when we were out of Europe and everything else, he had that week to week. He could coach and he could get his ideas across, and we played well. I mean, yeah, we had a few slip ups here and there, but pretty much we did what we needed to do. I think with Ange, the players are much more invested. They seem to be enjoying their football rather than suffering it. So yeah, I don't see. Like I said I'm not going to pass for United. I mean, I know right now I would like to get. What was it? I think Arsenal away. For me, I'd like to get like five to seven points, five points maybe. But right now, as long as we push out for United at home, just do that and see what just for where they may from that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like a draw in either of those games would be a, a bonus. I fully expect us to lose one of Arsenal and Liverpool. Uh, Tommy, how are you feeling on those uh, three upcoming? Yeah, like you've said, five points. I'll gladly take it right now. Um, it's, I should have looked at the fixtures, but, uh, oh, we're playing at Arsenal and we're playing home against Liverpool. So depending on how things go, we could scrape by with a Liverpool win. I'll take it, of course, but I'm, because of our squad depth or lack thereof, I'm just right now, because of the, we didn't make additional moves, in my opinion, for the, during the transfer window, we just got to take it one game at a time. Uh, because we don't have Champions League or Europa League or Conference League and all that stuff. So, but we do have the flexibility for that. So we could, you know, right now we're doing one game a week. And Asakagu, he can figure it out in training. Uh, there's going to be a lot of players staying uh, because they're not chosen by their international teams. So get some more gelling in um, and then more pr- practice in. And let's see how it goes because. With Pasacago, how you're saying, like, you know, I, I was saying he was flexible and he can, or, and Anthony, you were saying, like, he could uh, put in other players. Let's try to figure that out within this week and a half, give or take. And then, yeah, Sheffield United, we could probably experiment a little more, but with that, you can probably build up a contingency plan for Arsenal and Liverpool. And hopefully yeah. that's the case. Yeah, no, yeah. I, Fair point, and, and yeah, 
the nice thing is, like, yeah, we ha- we we come back from international break and play Sheffield. Of those three teams, I, I, they would be the one that I'd want to take after international break and then let the other ones come later. And then we do have a full week of training uh, before we have to take on Arsenal and uh, then another full week of training before Liverpool where Pasacago can focus in specifically on the type of football that they play and and really work out a, a, a training method. So um, maybe uh, maybe it favors us. Uh, coming back from international break and then the, the other teams starting up the Champions League, as uh, as I think Shub said. Um, this could be exciting. Uh, how about final thoughts? Anything else that you guys want to touch base on, on anything that we talked about today? Um, well, this is kind of linked to the Arsenal game, so I'm going to put it out there. So a friend of mine, Pete Hayne, I think I told you guys about him. He is suffering pancreatic cancer, so we've done a T-shirt to support his um, charitable, um, to support the Pancreatic Cancer UK charity over here. So I am trying to push for a lot of overseas supporters club to, and people here as well, to wear his t-shirt for the Arsenal match. And so, yeah, hopefully, you know, I don't, I think the, you know, I think the t-shirts that will be available in a couple, you know, they, they, they turn up within a week or something, two weeks. They're pretty cheap. They're not the most expensive. I know times are tight, but, you know, first of all, I think, at least a fiver goes to the charity. So once it's cut, all the costs are covered. So it's for a good cause. It's supporting Pete Hayne, who, before his illness, he was following Tottenham home and away. He would go to like um, like U21 matches, U23 matches. Stephen is like the Lamex, which, which is helpful. He lives around the corner from there. But still, he was very dedicated. And now, you know, the guy, poor guy, is struggling to even get out of the house. Do you know what I mean? So... It shows, I've always said Spurs is about community more than anything else. And yeah, so that's a selfless, shameless plug for my design. But yeah, it's for a good cause. And hopefully, you know, I think uh, we've got some support from Arizona Spurs and I think Austin Spurs want to get on this. So hopefully Chicago Spurs, Milwaukee, all the supporters clubs in the US, Canada and beyond will get, get, on, get in on this. So yeah. Well, definitely send a uh, send a link to, um, to to Sam, our social media guy, and uh, and we can retweet that out and share that out to our listeners as well, because uh, that that's not a shameless plug. That's a that's a that that's about Spurs community, and that's what that, that's what's probably the most important thing about. Of our, we're a fan based podcast, and uh, we look out for other fans for sure. Um, Tommy, any final thoughts? Yeah, I'll keep it short and sweet. Uh, international breaks coming up. That's fine. Let's just come. Let's have everybody come back in one piece. And for me personally, to be selfish, hopefully Dion does well, uh, so he can push for a Euro spot. Uh, but also, two sided. Let's get. Uh, hopefully, he does well to give him back some confidence. He's looked hot and cold, Katy Perry style. So let's have him be a little more consistently good. Yep. Um... And for my final thought, it's it's just been exciting to watch fun Spurs football again. Uh, I think we knew that it was going this direction with Pastacoglu, but it's it's been better than I expected. Um, watching players like Madison perform really well, uh, Sun step up this most recent game. Um, uh, the defense, the, def- the defense, uh, e- even thin. Is has been looking halfway decent, and they're they're good at getting the ball forward. Uh, it's just been 
a lot very exciting to watch a player like Sar that's uh, that's that, that looks fantastic right now um Basuma who looks great again um I have a lot to be excited about and uh, I, I can't wait for international break to be over so I can start watching Spurs again uh, but I think this is a good place to wrap it up so uh, uh thank you so much to Tom uh for both uh Shubes and Tommy for being on today um uh, where can we find you guys in social media? I'm uh, I'm Anthony. You can find me at, at, on Twitter at Callahan42, K-A-L-I-H-A-N-42, or I guess I should say on X now. Um, <laughs> but uh, Tommy, where can they find you? I'm also on the Twitter, uh, Lily White Coys, one word. And, and I am I am the real Shoban, and Shoban is spelled S-H-U-B-A-N. And yet, uh, just say thank you to Tommy and Anthony for having me on. And hopefully you guys will be drowning in Malort, Sheffield United and Arsenal and Liverpool celebrating that win. As well. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And, and uh, once again, thanks to the Tottenham Depot for sharing you with us, Jubes. And um, just to wrap it up, thanks to Tommy for editing, Charlie for the music, Sam for social media, Kimberly for the logo, and as always, the Atlantic. Come on out and watch a match with us there. Uh, find us on our many platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and many more. And hit the subscribe button and write us a review on those platforms or, or give us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, check us out on Twitter and Facebook at 4 Spurs and our website at 4starspurs.com. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs.